This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So I'm going to speak about something very, very simple today, but so profound. I think it's, it's probably one of the biggest things that Christians these days uh, are challenged with, and that's about hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Now, they, let me just from the, from the start say that we should not limit God in any way in how He can speak. Because even in the, in the Word of God, He spoke through a donkey. You know, um, so there, there isn't a formula or there isn't a rule. There isn't a, a way, but there's, there's something in our hearts concerning the voice of God and the presence of God that should be so important, especially in this time when a lot of people go to rest or want to switch off. Um, but I, I, I don't know if it works with you like that, but when, when I go into a time where there's a change of scenery or change of season or holiday time, then, then it's actually the time when God speaks the most to me. Or sometimes when I stand in the shower, not when I'm like completely psyched up, I must sit there, um, and, and I must get a sermon for people or I must get now a word for somebody or it's, it's actually in the, in the times when I'm relaxed and the defenses is down, then God speaks. I don't know if it works with you like that, but, but God, God sort of almost surprises one with his voice and with his presence. So I'm always excited about, about this time uh, when, when you sort of have a change of scenery, then God speaks to you. And um, I want us to jump into Matthew chapter 25. The, you know, the, you know what I mean by jump into it is by getting to it and then we're going to read it. Um, because just for all of us, um, especially Christians, maybe you've been coming a long time um, and you've been sort of been there, bought the T-shirt, um, and you think like, well, yeah, I, I'm, I've been in church, I've been around for a long time, then uh, we almost can lose the, the urgency or the desire or the hunger uh, to hear God's voice and to be obedient to it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not a typical theologian, so uh, I don't, you know, write out my whole sermon word for word. If you're a more theologian, then you'll like, you'll make sure that every word is precise, and you go to the Hebrew and the Latin and the Greek and all of that stuff. Um, so concerning your gifting, God would speak to us in, in different ways. Also connected to your character. Uh, some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, but there's, there's something that distinguishes the church of Jesus um, in the last days, and, and this is what this scripture is about. Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 is probably one of the most challenging scriptures around. <laughs> um, and, and it tells us uh, almost in ways where the one nation stands there, and it's a sheep nation, and the other one a goat nation. And then God says, hey, if you've given food to this one, it's like you've given it unto me. And then they say, like, Lord, no, we, we don't understand. You know, how can you, how can you say that? No, if I was a stranger and you let me in. Uh, that's how you served me. That's that's how you you actually did it unto me, and so it tells us in a way that we should not limit God. We should not box God in, because yes, yesterday I was uh, flying up to do a, a wedding in in George, and uh, before I went there and drove there, the Lord said to me, "I must be silent because He's going to speak to me, and He's going to surround me with 
with different voices of his body. So I was thinking like, okay, how can that be, whatever, you know, so I'm just on my way. And so it ended up, I sat between Gary Player sitting on this side, Heinz Winkler on this side, two other big business people on the, at the back. And so, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, each one of them that are, that are Christians, they've, they've got such a different way in which they're serving God. And I sort of enjoyed it so much because I realized like, wow, you know, God's body works like that. And we all have different flavors, different, different <clears throat> things we can bring, and we have, must have respect for that. But the one thing that we cannot get away of is true discipleship. And true discipleship means... For me, simply that you become somebody that can hear the voice of God and you can be obedient to it. Um, the, the, the theologians give, give a massive long thing like, like how do I become a disciple and what's, what's the content of that. But for me, if you can hear the voice of God and be obedient to it, then you're truly a, a follower of Christ. Because that's what Jesus did, basically, is he walked into people's lives. He says, you follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the command is following, and that means obedience. That means you and I must know how does God speak, and what does he say to us, and what are the specifics sometimes. You know, um, so let's jump into this, Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them, of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to, the, to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither, neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming." So it's a, it's a simple story. We've probably read it 200 times in your life. Um, I, I must be honest, I don't assume anything because after plate, you know, you'll go on the beach sometimes and then you'll meet people that say they're Christians and they come from a spirit-filled home or spirit-filled church. And the scary part is, you know, this one guy I was talking to, he was a bit high on drugs. Um, it was like 12 o'clock in the middle of the day. Um, and he comes from a, a big church, charismatic church. They sing all the songs. He knows all the stuff. And so we were talking about Daniel in the Old Testament a little bit. Um, but he didn't even know who Daniel was. He said he never heard of Daniel. So I was thinking like, okay. <laughs> you know, um, because, you know, today, that especially with young people, we are the most, and I'm including us, all the young people here. I mean, come on, raise your hand. If you're, if you're under 89, then, um, then um, raise your hand. You're young. Because take your age divided by eternity, what do you get? Zero. Okay, so we're all the same age and in eternity. Um, but uh, 
the, the crazy thing is there's, there's a whole generation that is biblically illiterate. And, and from that place, people are crying out for a lot of things. But the scary part is in the charismatic church especially, we're running towards an event Christianity and an experienced Christianity. And it's not based on the word of God and the voice of God. And, it, and if you really talk about it, then, then if you look at the context of the, these virgins, then the one had oil and the other one didn't have oil. Both of them were waiting for the return of the bridegroom. And both of them, in a sense, were waiting for the cry of the voice of him. But one was prepared and the other one was not. The one's oil lamp was filled and the other one was not. And I think I told you a couple of weeks ago we went, uh, Pastor Heinrich and I, who's, who's the leader of, of, of the movement, he, we went to this big church because we wanted to go and learn from them and be humble and say, hey, and this church is planting a lot of churches all over the world and it's like, like ama- it's an amazing church. And so we went to listen to the leader of this church giving a talk to pastors and so I was expecting, I took out my notebook, and I'm not trying to knock or anything. Um, but after an hour and a half, I realized that, you know, the theme of the talk was how to make a good church a great church. How to make a good church a great church, charismatic church. And so the talk for an hour and a half went on without once hearing the voice the word of God, not one scripture was quoted. And the second thing is not once was the name of Jesus mentioned. So, so I went away and I was sort of, and I was started to pray through that. And I was thinking like, oh, <laughs> I could have taken that whole talk and I could have just given it to a bunch of unsaved business people. And they could have had a talk on how to make old mutual great. How to become a better old mutual. But I'm, I'm not trying to knock, but it was, it was a complete challenge for myself. <laughs> because, because I realized, like, Lord, how much do we do coaching and give life experiences in the church and even through our testimonies, but we don't give people the word of God? And, and, and right here we talk about this scripture where Jesus says in the last days, nobody's going to know when he's going to come back. But those who call out Lord, Lord, and whose lamps are full, they, they are ready, they're prepared, They've, they, they know the voice of the bridegroom. And the, the context here is uh, it happened a little bit different than what we do where we all sit and wait and then, you know, the bride comes. What happened is sometimes even for days they, they would prepare and the bride would wait, and the bridegroom would come and fetch the bride. And then they'll go off to the wedding ceremony. So it was a bit different in the culture. But then as the bridegroom would come, there would be a blowing of trumpets. And uh, he would have prepared a place for them. But nobody knows when the bridegroom is coming. So even in the middle of the night, the bridegroom would sound the trumpet. And come through the whole village and then everybody would wake up. Everybody would be ready and say, wow, the bridegroom is here. There will be a shouting and there would have been a preparation for the bridegroom to come to fetch his bride. And it's in that context that, that the Lord says, hey, 
He wants us to live in a fullness, in a, not, not in a performance mentality, but in a lifestyle of hearing his voice, of being ready. Because the word he uses there is, those who know me. And so, so in this context, we find ourselves in the most biblical, illiterate generation ever. <laughs> we find ourselves where these things, it's like a quick fix. Let's uh, a verse a day keeps the devil away, you know. And and it's nothing wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't know if you grew up with that, with these little bread, bread, you know, where you have these verses. Now, now I grew up in a very religious home, so we went went to church, and my grandma always said, "Hey, we're going to go to church because then we know people don't talk bad about us." You know, she went to the prayer meeting so that people don't don't skinder, slander about her. So that was the only reason why she went. You know. Um, so, so on, on the one side, we can have a religious experience, or we can have a great experience with wonderful songs, but yet the voice of God is absent. God isn't speaking. Are, are you with me this morning? Thank you for your enthusiasm. So, so I'm, not, I'm not trying to accuse. I'm trying to invite us to a place where God speaks. And, and he is speaking to us, and he wants to speak. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, because God gives us a promise there in verse 14. I'm not going to read it all, but I, you can read from verse 14 on. But God says in verse 16, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, we always like the first part. We don't like the blood and fire and vapor and smoke. But it talks about signs and wonders, things that will will be seen. And we, we're moving into that time. Um, we're seeing that God is moving across the earth and pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Um, if you were here two weeks ago, I, I, met, I met a guy who's doing a lot of work in the Middle East. And he says the, the main time when they read scriptures, because they have um, almost like a version Bible app that they distribute, is between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. Then they can actually spot and plot where people are reading the scriptures. So little they've got this program that little lights go on where people read their Bible. And then most of the Middle East would in those hours, between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m., People would secretly read their Bible for hours. But, but there's a hunger for the Word of God, not a hunger for experience. I'm, I'm not saying you must just have the one, because otherwise you can get very religious if you just get into a theology thing, because we have many theology campuses all across the world, and oh my gunna, you know. There's, there's no move of the Spirit sometimes there. So you can't, we're not knocking the one for the other one. You must have both. But the challenge is here, God says that he is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That means everyone. We, we don't work through a priestly system anymore, but we work because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to encourage us and also challenge us is how are you hearing God's voice? 
Now, there, there's obviously a lot of ways. And so let me read you another scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. Are you still all right this morning? Thank you for your enthusiasm. Okay. It talks about this place of rest and the word of God. And you must actually read the whole chapter. We don't have enough time for that this morning. But in verse 10 of Hebrews 4, it says, For you has entered his rest, as himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, I normally thought like rest is, 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 is sitting down and, oh, oh, you know, or just lying down and the spirit of the way comes all over you, you know. But, you know, rest is actually an active verb in Scripture. Waiting on God is an active thing. It's a, it's a diligently pursuing God. It's not performance. Because especially in the Afrikaans culture, we, we used to performing. So we think like the more I perform for God, the more God is going to accept me, the more he's going to speak to me. But that's not, no, no, we, we do works because we do hear God's voice and we have a relationship with him first. We are Christians and therefore we do the work of God. We don't do the work of God to become Christians. We, we, I think we're the same. But here he talks about diligently you have to pursue this place with God, the rest of God. And so then he gives us, here in the middle, it almost seems out of context, he gives us this place of what the Word of God does. And he says, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joint and marrows, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It, it says when you and I are pursuing God and we want to we want to follow God in this fullness, we want to hear His voice. Then it says there's there's a challenge for us, especially in in the Western world where we're living, is the challenge between your soul and your spirit. If I would ask you what's what's the difference between your soul and your spirit, most Christians would say, no, no, the spirit is the experience I have at church. <laughs> But if we're really honest with ourselves, many times we make all our decisions out of the soul, out of our emotions, out of our feelings, and not out of the spirit. And so scripture says we need to enter the rest, but the way you enter the rest, where you start to enter the rest of God, where you can hear his voice clearly, is by the word of God. Because the word of God needs to cut. And the word of God, what it does, it cuts between your soul and your spirit. There needs to be a division so that you know what is my fleshly desires, what is the soul crying out, and what is the spirit, what is God saying. And it says that that cut is so, that sharp-edged sword, two-edged sword cuts in such a way that it can even cut between bone and marrow. Now, if you ask any doctor, that's like crazy, you know. It says it is such a division it brings in your life, but for the purpose, because the Word of God is living, it is powerful. So let's read this together. I want you to read it over your own life. Verse 12, for the Word of God is living. Thank you for your enthusiasm over there. Okay, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it says, when the word of God comes in, and we're, we're talking about lots of us entering into the rest of God, hearing the voice of God, it says we need the Word of God and we need to have a love for the Word of God because it, 
it, it doesn't just cut between your soul and it's your spirit, but it brings a discernment. What is discernment? It's the ability to see. It's the ability to know. And it's that same scripture, that word that we read in the first part, it says, those who know God, whose lamps are filled with oil, he says, you can even cry out, Lord, Lord, but it doesn't mean you know me. It's an intimate place. But the, the Holy Spirit comes to breathe on the word of God. And so when discernment comes, we have the ability to see, we have the ability to know. But it says, even to the thoughts or the intents of the heart. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so I was talking to one guy the other day, and he says, no, no, you know, he, 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 he likes reading the message because it's not so, so hard on him. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I said, wonderful, there's nothing wrong with reading the message. But, um, you know, I have a friend who, when he, he does deliverance, and that's his ministry, and he says, uh, he always makes a joke, and he says, you know, when you quote the old King James, then the demons go. The Lord speaketh unto thy earth, you know. <laughs> um, but he says when he quotes the message, the demons doesn't go. But um, and and it's just about the purity of the word of God, you know. And we have a lot of translations, which which is great. But if you if you want to do Bible study, do like the ESV or the New King James Version. That is that is that really brings out the the fullness of that discernment because what happens when you and I read the word of God and over the holiday get into the word of God the more you get into the word of God what begins to happen is the intents of your heart is made known and and that's that's not always nice would you agree with me <laughs> hello you know so, so sometimes when you read the word of God it's not going to feel like oh you know oh tiptoe through the tulips Jesus loves me so much <laughs> When people read the Word of God, mostly in Scripture, they'd say, Oh, rich man that I am. <laughs> or when they experience God, they'd say, Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm going to die, you know. Most people that saw God in His fullness either got blind for a couple of days. <laughs> and the first reaction isn't, Oh, He loves me, He loves me. The first reaction is the thoughts and the intents of my heart is made known. And what? And the only thing that happens out of that is the fact now you can enter into the rest of God. Because you know you can't, it's not, it's not about you. It's, it's, you can't put anything on the table because all of your hearts, all of your thoughts have just been made known by the word of God, by the voice of God. And it's not like God, remember God doesn't accuse so he doesn't come to you and say, oh, you bad, Daniel. Oh, you bad. You are so bad. You're never going to make it. You are you're such a miserable. God does not speak in the form of accusation. And we should, neither, we should not speak in that form as well. Because we, God, God does not speak. In, he always in, invites us to life. He always invites us to that place. So, so the exposure of your heart brings you to the place where you also have the exposure of his heart. And then that's the exchange. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm so miserable. I'm never going to get it. I'm, I'm always going I'm, to, I'm, I'm the worst ever. And, and let me just go and roll over and die. It says, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I'm nothing. But I see who you are. Because it also discerns the thoughts and the intents of God's heart. And that's why the word is living. 
And scripture says it is powerful. <laughs> it is living and it is powerful. And when you and I begin to surrender to that, then suddenly there's a freedom where God begins to speak to us. But God does not speak to proud people. He resists proud people. God speaks to humble people. Because <laughs> humility just brings you to a place. What is true humility? True humility is where you and I realize who I am and who God is, and we're not getting the roles wrong. <laughs> humility is just realize like, oh, Lord, I'm nothing without you, but because of Christ, I can be righteous in you. And so humility brings you to a place of surrender and a place of worship because you actually become so thankful of what God has done. Are you, are you with me this morning? <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> but that's what the Word of God does. Now, many people run away from that because we want, we want a nice scripture for the day. We want a, a feel-good experiential, even a, a supernatural experience with God. But, but we, we, we're sometimes afraid to go to this place where the thoughts and the intents of our hearts is made known. But don't be afraid of that place. <laughs> don't be afraid of repentance. Don't be afraid of God, God's holiness. Because the more you see Him, the more you are going to be sometimes exposed to your own heart. <laughs> you know, sometimes going, going and I, I love being around young people. Because they challenge me all the time, especially born again, just newly, newly born Christians. You know, um, just going. I, I actually two days before this, the plate thing, we we went up with a couple of Polaris guys, and and so so just being challenged with the young guys that that sometimes they they read scripture and they say, now okay, now now what's your issue? Why don't we practice the scripture? Um, um, now you have to like, like backtrack a little bit and say, okay, but, um, um, uh, you know, no, 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 you know, and you try to figure it and then you just say, okay, no, sorry. <laughs> so, you know, I realized I've lost a bit of my first love here. I've, I've, I've lost that hunger for God's word because if you, and that's why the church, you know, must be missional. If we're not missional, we're going to get critical. And we're going to start to develop our relationship with God around our experiences. And not around our relationship with Him. And having that desire that He's going to come back, that, that freshness. So I want to challenge, especially for an older Christian here, get younger people or people that just got saved, get them into your life. Allow them to come into your life. Because they're going to ask the questions just like every two-year-old. Why are we doing like that? What are we doing this for? It was so funny yesterday when we did the, the wedding. So, so, so we're worshiping. The wedding was in Afrikaans here in, in, outside of George. Lots of Otsuwaring people, farmer people, very, you know, and some Namibian people, you know. Wonderful people. Like a Aarde, flat on the earth people, you know. And they talk so lacquer, especially the northern parts of Namibia. Like, well, it's bad lacquer. Everything is a bit slower, apparently, there up in the north. But so, <clears throat> so now we're worshiping. We're having this great experience. And there's a little boy standing there at the wedding. When we're finished and we have this moment with God, he says out loud, So are we finished now? 
<laughs> this is no class. <laughs> and so everybody just burst out laughing, you know. And I enjoy the moment so much, you know. That's why we have to have kids around us, you know. A church that hasn't got younger generations and kids. And, and I'm, I want to say this for all of us, you know. The children, children's church, the young people that's running around here, that's our focus as the church. We're focusing on them. We're raising up a next generation. You know, there's more than, what, 140 kids in the children's church here. And, and that's amazing. And that's going to be our focus. <laughs> because, you know, we need them around. We need young people around us, and especially those who just got saved. Because they ask those questions that keep you and me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> just why, why do we lift up our hands? No, no, because it's nice. Why do we sing songs? No, do you know, because we need to fill the church's program. <laughs> we, 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 you know, we, we're not a one-hour church. We are a two-hour church, you know. So, so we, we sing these songs because we want to keep people more busy on a Sunday morning. Why do we praise God? Why do we worship Him? Why do we lift up our hands? Why do people lie like that? You know, my son one day, I was like, why do people like lie on the ground like that, you know? Or they're kissing the ground. What are they doing, you know? No, no, they're surrendering to God. Because it's not just songs that we sing. It's what we do as a lifestyle is to worship God. Now, when people around you ask those questions, <laughs> then, then suddenly you like think, like, every time you lift up your hands, you realize, like, it's, this is not just a tradition. This is not just the culture we do as the charismatic church. We're not here for performing. We're here for surrendering to Him. <laughs> But, you know, we need to remind ourselves, and that's what the Word of God does. It, it discerns. <laughs> it brings that beautiful. And that's why the, the two words that distinguish, and I'm completely out of time now, so I'm going to stop here. I've got another couple of slides. But the two words that distinguish these two groups that we read about is the wise and the foolish virgins. That's what the Bible talks about. And, and the wise is simply, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. It's how did, I, how did I take the word of God? How did I live out the word of God? And I became a wise person. That's why Solomon asked, Lord, give me wisdom. And God says, whoa, that's the best thing you can ask for. Because wisdom comes out of a lifestyle of obedience to the voice of God. But if you're a fool, you're relying on your own strength, you're relying on your past experiences, you're relying on your church to make it happen for you. Because, hey, we are a spiritual church. We worship like that. At least we're not like that. <laughs> but you know the most powerful worship services that I've been in were the worship services where there were no words. Where we, in China, lied on the ground for three or four hours just weeping before God. Not one word was sung. Because then suddenly, worship isn't a CD you put into your CD player. It's the thoughts and the intents of the heart that's made known before God. And that's why the gospel can have no effect if there's no repentance, if there's no word of God. <laughs> Because there's a change of heart, there's a circumcision of heart that happens, and then there's a true worship from the heart towards God. When people are openly just surrendering to Him. 
Not because they know, not because they're so great, not because they've arrived, not because they've done that, bought that. You know, I've, I've, I've had some experiences. I, I don't know why God sometimes allows me, but, but it's good for me. Because even as a pastor or, you know, sometimes we have all these ambitions. Oh, we want to have a big church, lots of people. And you know, it's easy to have a big church, just preach what people want to hear. Because I've been in some of those churches. I went to with them, Angus two years ago to America, and we, we go to this church. I Googled it, you know, and I, I was thinking like, whoa, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to have, I'm going to learn so much. Because I want to, I wanna, I wanna, we want to become like them. It wasn't long, just a week. I said, God, no, we don't want to become like them. I remember this big church, 25,000 people. They like have budgets and buildings. It's huge. It's massive. And the pastor was preaching, and, and he did an amazing sermon on, on almost like something like how to become a better Christian, how to become a better you. And it was great biblical principles. There was nothing wrong. I didn't try to knock the guy. But I remember at the end, you know, the guy said, okay, so wonderful people now. Would you please all go back home and, and consider what I spoke about? And I sat there, I realized, uh, I sat next to him, and we were looking at each other, and I was thinking like, can somebody please grab the mic? Can somebody tackle him, get the mic, do an altar call? <laughs> you know, just call the people to obedience, you know. Respond to God's word. Don't just go home and, oh, yeah, yeah, that was nice. That short man up there, I didn't really like him, you know. Didn't like his shirt, you know. Didn't like what he said. Oh, that was nice, you know. I like the pastor's sermons. Hey, <laughs> I came back from that trip just more determined to say, God, we want to stick to your word. We want to stick to raising up people that are obedient to your word. Because one day you are going to stand before God, not chauffeur, not the church of South Africa. You are going to stand before God. And then he's going to say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? And so that is, that is what we need to teach our children. We need to teach each other. Is do we live lives of obedience to the word of God? Because there's a struggle. Jesus said, not my will, but your will, Father. Even he had to go through that. One of the biggest struggles in the garden was, Lord, I don't want, I don't want to do your will. <laughs> But to be able to do God's will, we must hear His voice. And so how do we hear God's voice? Well, sometimes just in nature. Scripture says in Romans 1, the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen. I want to encourage you over these holidays, just get a day or two days. Just get, it, get yourself out in nature. Go and walk on the beach. Go climb a mountain. <clears throat> take your Bible. And say, God, I'm here. Speak to me. Don't expect an audible voice. Just look at nature. And God will speak to you. Sometimes, most of the time, it's through his word. A guy came to me the other day and said, no, God never speaks to me. I said, oh, he's given you a whole Bible. <laughs> he speaks to you every day. Don't say God doesn't speak to you. Just read your Bible. And, and it's amazing. There's a lot of words even in red directly from Jesus. We can get excited about that. I mean, there's even in red printed in many Bibles. So, yes, you know. God speaks to us through a still, small voice. He speaks to us through people, through the gifts on other people, through prophetic voices, through the spiritual gifts. 
I've had unsaved people speak to me the word of God. I remember one day just being in a place, I actually had to minister, I was just sitting at the back, and this completely unsaved lady came to me. And she just walked up to me and she said, what are you doing here? You should not be here. You should be preaching. Are you a Christian? No. But don't you carry a Bible? <laughs> so I realized, like, oh, Lord, you can even use an unsaved person. Hallelujah, you know. But how much more in the body of Christ, in our small groups, does God not use us to speak? I remember being in East London one day, walking over this big highway, three, three ways this way, three ways that way. And in the middle, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says to me, stop, phone this guy now. And I'm thinking like, no. So I'm standing on the middle maniki. What is the middle maniki in English? The middle man, okay? And all the traffic is going that way. And I, I, I've never felt such an urgent moment of just wanting to just phone somebody. Because it's, the first thing is I saw his face, you know? And I realized, as I was walking, I realized, okay, this, this must be God. Because I don't just think of people like that, you know. I get a lot of people that sometimes come and say, oh, I thought about you yesterday. And I ask, did you pray for me? Because the Holy Spirit would show you faces. He would show you pictures. He would remind you of people. And that means you must pray for them. I mean, he speaks to us all the time. <laughs> so you're in the middle of this road. I'm standing there. And I'm taking up the phone. And it's a student. So I'm phoning him. I'm saying, look, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But... Um, the cars are almost driving over me, but I, I need to speak to you. And he doesn't say a word. He just weeps. He says, I was on the point of committing suicide. And I said, God, if you are alive, speak to me. I realized, like, sure. Lord, what if I took two extra minutes? No, no, no. The Lord can't speak to me in, the, in a busy street like this. It's all about my safety. Did you not grow up like, look to the left, look to the right, look to the left, and then march across the street. Don't stop in the middle, <laughs> you know? And, and so, so God is so faithful to speak to us about other people, about your family members. Can I tell you one more story, and then we're going to finish? Who wants to hear one more story? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay, lots of... When I was a student in Indrach, I remember walking down the stairs one day and um and oh sorry backtrack a little bit i was walking from kutzenberg down in these this little shop here in the middle and so as i'm walking by the lord tells me buy a piece of bread like a sami like a cars and snacks bricky you know cars and tomato bricky so I, I thought like no i've already eaten so i'm not going to buy this and i walk past and, and the holy spirit says to me stop go back buy this piece of bread so so oh, okay so i go back buy it. So I walk up. So I walk up the stairs then. And as I'm walking up the second row of stairs, there's one guy who was part of a twins. Twin comes down and the Holy Spirit says to me, just this voice, not like the audible voice and everything shakes. Just this feeling. Give this piece of bread to him and tell him God loves him. Something like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know this guy. I'm like first year. He's like third year. Don't talk to third years, you know, and all that stuff. Um, so, but I just thought, he actually walked down and then I called him and I said, look here. I don't know why, but I need to give you this piece of bread and tell you God loves you. And so the next moment, I'll never forget it. He walks back. He hits himself against the, the wall at the back and he just starts to shake his head and cries. 
And he says, do you know, I was on my way to go and jump off the engineering building faculty to take my life. But in my room, I cried out and I said, God, if you exist, send a stranger to me with a piece of bread that tells me God loves me. And that day he committed his life to Christ. And I was like, wow, God, the church of Jesus Christ is alive. It's got nothing to do with me, but I never want to miss opportunities like that. doesn't mean that everybody's going to commit suicide, but there's some people that just sometimes needs to hear, God loves you. Sometimes just stopping in the, our busy schedule at the petrol attendant and asking, hey, are you from Zimbabwe? How's it going? What are you feeling about your country? And then God speaks progressively. He doesn't just, you know, he'll give you a thought. But if you're not obedient to that thought, because we're so busy, we just move on. We've not learned to enter into his rest where the word can come to cut. Because we get so distracted. We get so, we get so busy. We're sitting there with our lamps, but there's no oil. It's not filled. And so the invitation is fill your lamp. Be wise. Become a wise Christian. Please don't run after events. Nothing wrong with events. But we cannot find our experience, on a, define our relationship with God based on events or the next worship thing we do. Because that's how the world is fixed. It's going, going. I need to go there to fulfill myself. I need to go and find God there. No, don't, don't go and find God there. He's right here. The Holy Spirit is in you. So will you stand with me this morning? I'm going to put us a bit on the spot. And it is... Um, I hope it, it invites you. I hope it doesn't condemn you, this message today. Because, you know, most Christians think, well, no, I'm not good enough that God speaks to me. I'm not spiritual enough because I don't lie on the ground every Sunday morning. I'm not up there in the heavens seeing the angels all day. Do you know God speaks to you in the way that you will understand? But never believe the lie that he does not speak to you or does not want to speak to you. He does not want to use you. Because he's going to use you in places where I can never be. Because there's this false thing that thinks like the pastor up there, he's very anointed because he drinks tea with Michael the archangel every day. But those days of church is over where we idol worship the people in front. Now I'm just fulfilling a function as a pastor. But you know, my greatest joy is when you start to hear God's voice and you go into the world and God begins to use you and us. When you are that attorney and God says to you, no, don't do it like this, do it like this. And you become obedient and the testimony of God comes in your life. So please never believe the lie that you're not good enough, that God doesn't want to use you. No, you're just an old man or an old woman. Your time is up. No! Those gray hair mean something. It means that you, you've done, you've been places, you've seen things. And you have to put your hand to the plow and say, yes, but I'm going to help others. Not to make the same mistakes.
but to follow God. I'm going to raise up a next generation. And that's so exciting. And as we enter into these holidays and this time, I want to encourage you, see God's word, seek his face, get your lamps full. Enter into his rest. The world says the rest is just lying around and prying and doing all that nice stuff. And that's great. We must take a break a little bit. But you cannot take rest from God and from his word. We need to fill ourselves so that the thoughts of the intents of God is known and the thoughts of the intents of ourselves are being made known. And don't be scared to go there. Don't be afraid to enter into that place. Because once you're there, God speaks. But we have to get all the distractions out. (laughs) We have to keep our minds quiet. We have to say, be still and know that He is God. You know that, be still and know that He is God. He's in, in Psalm 46, in the middle of the psalm, where the Israelites are being attacked by the enemy. And Jehoshaphat and his people must march up, and they're going to be destroyed. They're outnumbered so many times. (laughs) And then the psalm comes. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know. Sure. So I'm going to give us five minutes. I'm going to, if you feel comfortable with that, but I'm, I'm going to ask you, To go to somebody that maybe you don't know. And I want you to go and pray for them. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to lay something on our hearts. Maybe it's just an encouragement. Maybe it's just a thought. Maybe it's just something that you want to bless somebody with. That God has maybe given to you. Because most of the time God has already prepared your heart sometimes for even a word that you must give. Just this week there on Pledge Rage. It was, it's so amazing, you know. I think the Tuesday I shared with the team, I said, today is John 10 verse 10 day. God has come to give life and life in abundance. The thief has come to steal, to kill and destroy. You can ask Tremania. More than 20 people of the congregation of the church here sent me WhatsApps or sent WhatsApps to the groups as they were praying. And the scripture on that specific day was John 10 verse 10. I say, I love it when God's people hear his voice. And they speak the same thing. Pray the same thing because the Holy Spirit brings that unity. Crazy people all across the world, they hear the same thing. God is saying the same thing. He's speaking to his pride. God wants to speak to you. He wants to prepare you. He doesn't want you to miss it when he comes back. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.